Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey West. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are going to be talking about the Oscar nominations, which just came out. And also we're going to share with you our favorite movies from 2023. And I always like to say favorite, not the best movies of 2023, maybe not what, you know, everybody, the highest Rotten Tomatoes score movies of 2023, but what we enjoyed the most. So yes. And we always, every year I have to ask Jared now, wait, what qualifies as a 2023 movie? So if it came out in 2023, that's what we count. So if, if he saw like an early edit for some reason, or if I watch something in 2023 on January 2nd of this year, it still counts. So it has to come out in 2023. Yes. As long as it it was released in 2023, it's, it's good. So we'll talk about those coming up in just a few minutes, but first we have some recommendations. Uh, You have some shows that you've been watching. Some of these I've been watching as well, but uh, you've got a couple of shows that have been, you've been catching up on. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still keeping up with my Real Housewives, everything like that. But some highlights. I just want to give like high level. Here's how I've been doing. I watched Blackbird on Apple TV Plus. A friend had recommended it to me. It was actually just nominated for Emmys and won the villain um, actor who was so creepy in the show. He won. I knew nothing about it when I started it, except that this friend, I trust his judgment. He told me to watch it. Um, Shout out to Alex. It was so good, but I had no idea. It took place mostly in Indiana and was about a serial killer who was horrible. He's still alive today. Um, I won't tell you more than that, but the show was so well done. And Taron Edgerton is the main actor in it. He's not the villain. Um, I also watched American Nightmare. I just watched it the other night. It's only three parts. Everybody was talking about it. It's on Netflix. Um, I will say I was one of the people that changed my entire opinion of the people throughout the three parts of the the series. At first, I was like, wow, these people should be ashamed of themselves. And I remembered this event happening. I remember the whole like gone girl. People thought like this girl just disappeared on purpose or whatever because she was trying to be like the movie Gone Girl. Anyway, not the case. Crazy story. Did you watch that? No, I have not seen that yet. Well, everyone's talking about it. You can watch it in an evening if you're devoted. Um, you know me. I, I'll i stay up. Um, <laughs> and then, <coughs> excuse me. I'm so sorry, everyone. I am getting over a gnarly virus. Um, and then I've also been watching True Detective on Max. That is the new one. Um, yeah. Night Country. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Night Country. I, I had messed up like which places um, things were streaming. But this is the one with Jodie Foster. It is so creepy. Definitely some paranormal elements so far, but I'm really liking it. And then the last thing that we just watched that we finished the whole thing was Fargo, the one with John Hamm and Juno Temple. Juno Temple was spectacular in the show. She should win whatever award she's eligible for. She carried the entire show on her back. Fantastic. It might be my favorite. I really did like the first season, but um, I, this, I don't know. This might be my favorite Fargo they've done. Really? Okay. Because yeah. I started watching it and then I stopped for some reason. And I guess I should I should continue my Fargo watching. So Maybe I also just, I really liked the people in it. Also, I yeah. was sick as a dog. So I was just kind of like waiting to die on the couch. You know what I mean? But also trying to like. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fighting. <laughs> I'm being dramatic. But, you know, fighting for my life. Fighting to stay alive for my child. But I was also like, man. We are in dire straits in this house, but we got to watch some TV. So I I would highly recommend it. I loved it, but that could just be me. I'm easy to please these days. So, yeah, I'll have to watch the rest of that season of Fargo. Um, I think my favorite season of Fargo might be the second season with Jesse Plemons and Kirsten Dunst. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think that one is, although the first one is really good, too, though, with uh, who's in the Billy Bob was, Thornton and I was gonna Martin, say I keep forgetting who's in what season and I Martin also Sheen, confuse yeah. I also confuse True Detective and Fargo all the time. Why? Uh, They're not the same. Why? Sorry, not Martin Sheen. Who's in the first season of Fargo? I do uh, Billy Bob Thornton. You're right about up. that. Yep. Who's the other person? Uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Sorry, Freeman. Not Martin Sheen. Uh, who doesn't love Martin Freeman? What a guy. Martin Sheen's in the West Wing, which I've been watching. So that's why yeah. that, that name came up. Uh, yeah. yeah, True Detective Night Country, that would be a recommend for me as well. First two episodes have been really good. I think Jodie Foster fits that role really well. 
And like you said, there's definitely some paranormal like ghosts or people dying and coming back to life type thing that's going on. So that's really it's set in Alaska too this season. So yes, it, very it's really spooky. good. And then my only other recommend that I have is a book I read. And this book came out a few years ago and it was really, really popular, but I just never got around to it. And that's I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Oh, yes. Uh, not an easy book to read, but a no. book that I just like flew through due to the way that it was written and how interesting it was to hear about her life. If you don't know, Jeanette McCurdy was a child actress. She was on iCarly. She was on a couple other shows as well. Um, but she talks a lot in the book about child acting and how I don't, you know, abusive and like controlling the people in child acting can be. She talks about her mom a lot who was uh, abusive towards her and her struggles with food disorders as well and eating disorders. So it's again, it's not an easy read, but I thought from a biography memoir standpoint, standpoint, it was really well done. Probably one of the best that I've read recently so yes, and it was like that, the perfect length too it was not not too long at all so when i read that that was a five-star read for me as well and mm-hmm. you just reminded me for the people who didn't ask i did hit my goal of 100 books on december 31st last year however this year i am just gonna slow down with my entire life okay. i for real no i'm serious let me tell you how many books i've read it's january 25th one book i've read one okay book i have been <laughs> You know, I said I was like laying on the couch waiting to die. I've been trying to also read the fourth wing, um, excuse me, just fourth wing. And I, it's been hard for me. I really like it. I know a lot of people are obsessed. I do like it. But those books, fantasy books, just, I cannot, I cannot sit and read for hours. I can read about 20 pages and then I have to tap out for like three days. So I'll get yeah, through I, it. But I started reading a, book. uh, I started reading an Abraham Lincoln biography because I was like, oh. in my th- in my 30s, I'm going to like learn more about history. For and sure. It's an election it, year. Let's do it. It, it. It's same thing. It's like, I can't I can't do that at night when I'm about to fall asleep. So no. I'm currently reading the book Atomic Habits, which is actually pretty good. Yes. Um, yes. And very interesting in terms of like how, how you do things in your life and how you can change things. So that's a very breezy quick read if you want something oh, that's, okay. you know, easy to read at night. I think we have that in our house. Yeah, I got it at sale on uh, at Target over the holidays, so I'm finally Excellent. reading it now, though. So, um, okay, let's talk about the Oscars a little bit. And Oscar nominations came out, of course, announced at the crack of dawn thirty. I don't know why they do it so early in the morning. It's five thirty a.m. Los Angeles time when they do it, which is where they do it. I right. never understand why they come out so early in the morning, but they do. Um, Oppenheimer, the film that got the most nominations with thirteen. 13. That's I, th- I think that's expected. Um, I think yeah. going in, everybody thought Oppenheimer was going to get nominated for a lot, and it did. And mm-hmm. so it will be a big contender at the Academy Awards coming up in March. Some other movies that got a lot of noms included Poor Things, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie. All of them were had a lot of nominations as well. So we'll talk about some some just highlights here. This is from Hello Shun- Sunshine on Instagram. Um, Reese Witherspoon's company, which she may have, we, we aren't sure she may have sold it. She may still own it. She She started it for sure. So yeah. And she's still like (laughs) involved in a way, but I, I thought these highlights were so good. They were like everything we'd want to mention. So first up, we've got female directors with three best picture nominees this year, setting an Oscar record. So, (laughs) wow. It it only took the number three to set a record. So, right. (laughs) <laughs> yep, absolutely. And uh, according to the Academy, speaking of three, a third of all nominees this year are women, which is a three-year high. So we're doing nice. it, America. It only took to 2023, but we are doing it, okay? <laughs> and if you're curious, the Best Picture nominees, the ones that are directed by women, I'm trying to think, what would those be? Those would be It's Barbie, Barbie. Past Lives. Oh, yes. And then Anatomy of a Fall, correct? Yeah. Uh, is it Anatomy of a Fall or is it Zone of Interest? It's it's one of them. It's one of them. I think it's Anatomy Anatomy of a Fall here. Let me see. You yes, it, right. is, anatomy, it okay. is Anatomy of a Fall. So, yes. Got yep. It. Those are the three that are directed by women this year. So The next fact is my favorite, if it's okay if I take it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, Lily Gladstone is the first indigenous person from the United States to be nominated for Best Actress, which is huge. So excited for her. I think she has a chance. I, yes, think, I, th- I think it's between her and Emma. 
That's just yes. me. That's my hot take on January 25th. Um, but either <laughs> way, she's made history. She will never be forgotten after this. I think she is She is firmly in second place right now behind Emma. And yeah. with a month and a half to go, there still could be some things that change for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'd say of the Best Actress nominees, she is the one that, if Emma doesn't win, would probably be the most likely to win yes. that award. So, yes. yeah. Um, Celine Song, director of Past Lives, is a first-time director and screenwriter, and she made history as the first Asian woman nominate, nominated for Best Original Screenplay for Past Lives. Oh. I'm thrilled for these people. Way to go, ladies. A record-breaking 93 countries were represented in the Academy's voting body, and four of the Best Picture-nominated movies were primarily not spoken in English, which is huge. Some people might hate that. Um, I admit sometimes subtitles can be a hindrance, but of the ones I've watched so far that required subtitles, I it didn't take away anything from the film for me. No, I've watched a few with subtitles too, and it's been it's been fine. So, yeah. um, also Greta Gerwig is the first female filmmaker to have her three first films all earn Best Picture nominations for Lady Bird, Little Women, and now Barbie. So that's insane. If people do not recognize Greta's accomplishments, they're fools. That's all I can say. <laughs> Whether you like her movies or not, or her personally, which I do like all of it, um, she's incredible. She really um, is. Coleman Domingo, we've definitely mentioned him on the podcast before in some of our reviews, some of the movies we've reviewed. He became the first Afro-Latino nominated for Best Actor. He's joined by fellow Black nominee Jeffrey Wright. This is only the second time in Oscar history that more than one Black actor has been nominated in the lead category. We should be ashamed of ourselves, but that is an exciting achievement. It is. so, And then also for... Coleman Domingo. Sorry, I was on another page here. Also for Coleman and Best Actress nominee Jodie Foster, they made Oscar history because it's the first time two openly LGBTQIA plus actors have been nominated for playing LGBTQIA plus characters. And yes. Coleman is also the first openly gay nominee in the Best Actor category in 25 years. So cool. That's very And then America Ferreira, everybody's been talking about her this week. Her nomination for her role in Barbie makes her the first ever nominee of Honduran descent in any Oscars category. And then finally, finally, uh, Catherine Hania makes history as the first Arab woman with two Oscar nominations. And she's a Tunisian director and her movie Four Daughters scored a nomination for Best Documentary Feature Film. So... Congrats to all the nominees at the Academy Awards coming up in March once again, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. And let me get you the date for the Academy Awards this year, March 10th at 7 p.m. It starts it's be a, a great an day. Hour, starts an hour earlier this year, which I mm-hmm. love that decision. Um, me too. I think that's great. So we it will not go until 12:30 a.m. It'll just go till 11:30 p.m. And I love Jimmy Kimmel better. as a host. I'm happy to watch too. him every year. He, I love Trevor Noah as the Grammys host. Like I just think right now we've we've got a couple good ones. Joe Coy should never, uh, maybe never host uh, an award show again. Do you agree? Yeah, that that was bad at the Golden. That Globes. was bad. Uh, that was rough. I will I will say I watched the Emmys. Anthony Anderson did a great job at the Emmys. Oh, so, awesome! I didn't get to watch, yeah. but that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, but Joe Coy definitely. I think he's done hosting anything yeah. in the future Won't ever be asked again. Back. No, uh, we do have some snubs from the Oscars. Obviously, one of the biggest snubs is the exclusion of Margot Robbie for Best Actress and Greta Gerwig for Best Director for Barbie. I find this so ironic based on yep. what Barbie is about. And then when it came time for the Oscars, that <laughs> thing happened. Like Ryan Gosling is nominated, but the two women that were behind the film are not nominated and Gosling to his credit even came out with a statement that was like, it's an honor to be nominated, but honestly, Margot and Greta should also both be nominated because they're the ones that really, I thought that was very classy by Ryan Gosling to release that statement about how he was happy for his nomination, but that really the females in this movie should be the ones getting recognized. So yeah, I couldn't love Ryan Gosling more. I feel like the first time I saw him as Alan and remember the Titans, I was like, I love this man and I always will. Um, so <laughs> I spotted him early is what I'm saying. Cause I didn't see him on Mickey Mouse club. Um, but this now I don't want to upset anybody, but I did Jared. This is what I wouldn't text you. I'm much more upset about Greta than I am about Margot. 
I think Margot, I'm obviously, I am in love with her. I am so attracted to her. I think she's a wonderful actress, producer, everything. I don't think Barbie is the movie I would want to win an Oscar for. And I don't know that her acting, I don't personally think a lot was required of her from an acting standpoint. I'm not saying she didn't like totally add life and bring this character to life on the in film. But I, I don't think like that movie was a big acting ask. That's just my perspective. I do think, especially when you look at the other women that are nominated, I'm like, yeah, if you were going to kick someone out, I also would have kicked Margot out of that club. But Greta, that's an insult. So that is a slap in the face. I don't know what's wrong. Also, if the Academy is going to change rules left and right and add things, good rules about, you know, having uh, an equal amount of like black lead actors and things like that, or, oh, we can have up to 10 Best Picture nominees, then just expand the categories. I don't understand. Or expand them for one year. Who cares? Um, but the Greta thing is a slap in the face, but I'm much more upset about Greta than I am about Margot in this instance. Yeah, the fact, I, I agree with you on, on that for sure. I think for Margot, it's probably not, it's a great role from her, but it's probably not her best role. And if you look at some of the the other nominees in that category, what they had to do acting wise, there was more required of them. Um, but I think Greta, yeah, I don't know why Greta isn't in there. I mean, she, she literally made a movie about a plastic doll toy. And it was successful and the highest grossing movie of the year and one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I don't know how you don't put her in Best Director because yes. that that could have failed very easily and we could not be talking about Barbie. You know, it could have come and went in one weekend and it would have been gone. But it's been a topic yes. of conversation for the whole year. So and, and it is art. But like beyond that, in such a greedy place as Hollywood, like you can't overlook that commercial success. The fact that it's made over a billion dollars, you cannot not like look past that and not recognize Greta for those achievements. That is Greta. Greta brought that to life. So anyway, those are my thoughts on her. Uh, another snub, Leo is not in for Best Actor for Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, my thoughts on this, Leo's had his his day, he had his he time, he's won an Oscar. I would say this is not the best Leo role I've ever seen. It's a good one, but mm -hmm. it's not really as nuanced of a character as he's played in some other movies. I would say Lily Gladstone is really the standout in Killers of the Flower Moon. For sure. I, th I think it's been very nice how Leo has been supporting her. A lot of events they've gone to together. They've walked the red carpet together. Um, he's been there kind of every step of the way, kind of even here. I'm sure he will be at the Academy Awards. Um, and if he's interviewed, I'm sure he will talk about her nomination and Scorsese's nomination and the Best Picture nomination. Um, but I was I was OK with that. It was kind of surprising to see a guy like Leo not get in there. But yeah, uh, I didn't think there was a movie that he like you know, demanded to be nominated for. Couldn't agree with you more. I just wanted to say that um, really more about, I get really disgusted with Leo's choice and who he dates and how he goes about his lifestyle. But I think this is the stuff that he does really well when he does advocate for certain things like different, um, like uh, as far as indigenous people and their land and representing their cultures and things and uh, highlighting other people who would otherwise be overlooked. I think he does a very good job of, of showing those people. And I, I really like the way he's presented himself during this campaign so far. So another film that was not nominated is all of us strangers, Andrew Scott, Paul Mescal, and that movie. I have not seen that movie yet, but a lot of people were talking about how they thought that movie might get some Oscar nominations. It was pretty much shut out and Andrew Scott and yeah. the movie did not get nominated. Yes. I am so intrigued by this movie. I haven't watched it yet. I'm definitely going to. Andrew Scott is one of my big, big, big crushes, and I'm used to seeing him as a villain and then as Hot Priest, but I have watched every, every interview I can find on the internet between him and Paul Mescal about this movie, and I love their dynamic and their bromance and their passion for this project. I was shocked because I do think they're hardcore campaigning for this movie. I was shocked that it didn't get really any recognition. Um and also, I personally did not, a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, 2023 was a great year for movies. And I'm like, actually, to me, it was maybe one of the worst years of movies I can remember in the last 10 years for me. Like, I think there were some standouts, but I, it was pretty easy for me to choose a top 10 because I thought I didn't see yeah. a lot of movies that I thought were exceptional this year. That could be me. Um, I do think I'm getting more critical of things, but uh, I'm surprised that there wasn't space for all of us strangers. But we'll see. But I'm definitely planning to see the movie. Um, some other snubs. Color Purple did not get nominated for Best Picture. 
I saw it. I thought it was fine. It's not going to be in my top 10. I thought Coleman Domingo was very good in the movie. Um, and it did get another acting nomination as well for Danielle Brooks. And she's really good in the movie too. Um, but I didn't know if it was best picture worthy. And then it was interesting to see Coleman get nominated for Rustin instead of the color purple. I haven't watched Rustin yet either, but I've heard he's, he's very good in that, but I just thought the color purple was the bigger movie of the two. Um, so that didn't get a best picture nomination. And then past lives did get a best picture nomination. However, Greta Lee did not get nominated in best actress. Um, and then that movie also did not get nominated in a couple of other categories that people thought it, it might get nominations in. I haven't seen the color purple. I'm really happy for Danielle Brooks. Uh, I do plan to try and see the color purple. I also still need to see the original. I was shocked um, that it was kind of left out, but at the same time, I don't know that I've seen a lot of campaigning or publicity for the movie. And I also think that the movie had its moment when the original came out. I think this is one that would have been a hard one to bring around a second time and expect it to get the same accolades and recognition it got the first time from the Academy. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that it had a big push there because it came out Christmas. But I think what happened is Wonka, honestly, like overtook it because I was talking to a lot of people that went and saw Wonka. That was like the movie they saw over the holidays. And I think that just kind of stole the color purple's thunder and their thought that maybe the whole family would go see this together. It's a remake. So people are familiar with it because um, it was only in theaters for like a couple of weeks and and just kind of bounced. So yes, and we don't need to dwell on it. But can I just tell you, Wonka, I didn't see it. I haven't seen it yet. I don't really care to see it. But I love Timmy. So maybe I will. I didn't hear one bad thing about it, which was shock of my life. <laughs> Everybody I know that saw it, loved it. Their kids loved it. They loved it. They were like, it was so original it was so good. Timothy's so good. And I was like, are you talking about the same movie? I know. I I heard lots of positive feedback from Wonka. I have not seen it yet either, but it's definitely on my list for when it comes to streaming to to check out because it seems like it was actually pretty good. And the the Rotten Tomatoes score is is not bad on it either. Um, from a critic standpoint, it's way better than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, Wonka did not get any uh, Oscar nominations, by the way. Just in case you're wondering, so uh, maybe next year. Uh, okay. Well, that's all of our thoughts on the Oscars. Now it's time to uh, get to what you all came here for: our favorite movies of 2023 so we've each got 10 movies that we're going to go through we did not share a list with each other before the episode so sometimes we just have the same movie at the same spot which is always funny when that happens yes. um, we do have some honorable mentions though and before we do those we want to mention real quick what we have not seen yet before we do this list because we don't want you to be like oh why didn't they include that in their top 10 or we may just not have seen it yet. So that's why it's not in our top 10. So for me, looking at Oscar movies in particular, I have not seen The Zone of Interest yet because it's not out anywhere um, near me. I've also not seen All of Us Strangers, which we already mentioned. I have not seen Society of the Snow, which is on Netflix and is getting a lot of a lot of buzz. Um, have not watched that yet either. Have not watched a lot of the documentaries that were nominated for Best Doc. Um, but all the other Best Picture nominees I have seen. So I've seen nine of the ten. So um, there's a chance that they will be in the in the top ten. Katie just did a wild face there. Um, I well, was hey, so proud you, of myself because I was like, you don't have I a newborn a child. Yeah. I know, but I've, like, I've seen seven of them. I was like, okay. go, girl, because I've watched almost every single one at home because I've had to. Yeah. Um, and I was so proud of myself. And now I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, I'm fine. So, so that's basically what I, that's still what I need to see before the Oscars. Is there anything that you have not yes. seen? Okay. So I made a list based on what I was hearing people talk about. And then after they announced it. So my list is kind of both. I will tell you, Jared, I think the zone of interest is either on Max. It's on something that I can watch. I know it's on oh, okay. one of the streaming things that we have. I okay. haven't watched it yet. Or you could at least pay to rent it rather cheaply. Okay. Um, okay. Anyway, I don't know where that is, though. I didn't write it down. Um, I have not seen The Color Purple, uh, All of Us Strangers, The Zone of Interest, American Fiction. I am so excited about they just brought it to Dayton to a small independent theater, but I haven't been able to go. I don't know if I'll be able to go. So I'll figure it out. Poor Things. So don't expect that to be on my list. All of you that are obsessed with Poor Things. And Society of the Snow, I wrote down after Jared said that because I didn't realize it was on Netflix, but I have heard about it. 
Um, what category is that mentioned? Is that for Jared? Um, I forget what that was nominated for at the Oscars, but it did bad, get an, an Oscar nomination. Oh, best international feature film. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yes. Got it. Yep. So it's competing in that category. So, Got it. but it is on Netflix. So it's an easy, easy watch if you want to like seek it out. So, and it looks really interesting too, in terms of the, the story, it's about a plane crash, um, in the Andes. And then like everybody that survives kind of has to just get along and work together to like survive the the plane crash and you know survive pretty much so yeah uh, yeah oh. and it's it's based on a book which which was based on a real life story that happened so oh, scary uh the yeah, zone of yep. interest a24 did it and it looks like almost max gets almost everything a24 does so i think max is the place that i saw it that you could watch it or either pay like 4.99 or something like okay yeah. good to know i'll have to check that one out so Okay, well, we have some honorable mentions before we get into our top 10. I'll yes. do one of mine, and then you can do one of yours. So okay. my first honorable mention, this would probably be in the 12th spot if we were doing a top 12, uh, is Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which oh, we saw such a good one. in 2023. This one just really stuck out throughout the whole year. I kept thinking about it. Rachel McAdams is is great in it. Obviously, adaptation of the Judy Bloom book. I just thought it was a perfect little summer movie. It was not heavy at all. It was it was funny. The script was well written. It was like good length, well acted. I didn't really find anything wrong with it. And you know, I know that I was not the the target audience being a male. It's very much a female driven movie. But I thought it was really solid, and I had a good time with it. So that's that would be an honorable mention for me. Yes, that was close to my ten as well. Um, my. I think uh, mine is actually going to be American Symphony is the one by John Batiste, the the documentary that is on Netflix. The Obamas backed it. Um, loved this documentary. It was so good. It was actually kind of hard to leave it off of the list, but I think I have some surprises on my list. Also keep in mind the movies I haven't seen yet. Um, but I just thought this was beautiful. It's any kind of story too, where they talk about like there's, there's dual things going on. So like, Suleika, who John Baptiste is married to, she has cancer, but then at the same time, he's winning Grammys. He was like, he's having all of this success. So there's all this duality that they're playing with, but they're also deeply, deeply respectful of each other and passionate about their projects and taking care of each other. And it just was beautiful to me. It reminded me of the commitment of marriage and not even just marriage, but they happen to be married. So that's what I, I thought about it. It's uh, when people take that pledge and say in sickness and health, I think a lot of people don't really think about it or they think it won't happen to me or it won't happen while we're young. And it was beautiful. Like they take their vows very seriously. Yeah. I was surprised I did not get nominated for best documentary. Um, Cause I thought that was a pretty solid doc yeah. uh, from Netflix. So my other honorable mention is American fiction. So it did not make my top 10 just outside of it, but obviously got, a couple of Oscar nominations. Very intriguing story. I'm not going to, re- I can't really go into it because it's mm-hmm. going to spoil a lot if I talk about it too much. But Jeffrey Wright is great in the movie. Sterling K. Brown, who also got an Oscar nomination, shout out to him, been following him since the This Is Us days, um, was also really good in the movie. Really well written, interesting story uh, about a writer. So basically, a writer that makes up a, a fake story. And then it becomes like very popular. That's the that's the kind of gist for the movie. So, um, but yeah, just was right outside my top ten. It was close, but it did not make it in. Got it. That's fair. Um, my other runner up. This might be surprising, but it's actually Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Ooh, okay. Listen, I knew I was going to shock you with that one. This is what <laughs> happened with Killers of the Flower Moon. It's one of those movies where I was like, I'm supposed to love this, so I'm going to tell everybody I loved it, but. It wasn't one that I thought about a lot. I I would say the book actually shook me more. Um, The book was so beautifully researched and told. And I remember after I read that book last year or two years ago, I don't know. Whenever I read it, it was in my like top five of the year. I think, I hope I'm not wrong in saying that. Um, But it, it was, it stuck with me for days. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I thought the movie was wonderful, but ultimately the length of that film really took me out of it. Like I had a hard time by the end still being like in it. And I agree with what Jared was saying earlier. I thought that Leo's great. De Niro's great. Everybody's great. But to me, the real standout performance was Lily Gladstone. But I felt like everybody else I was kind of like, okay, or I've seen them do something like this before, or 
you know, this is just a really good movie I could watch on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I looking at my top ten, I thought I put it in there, but it's not in there. So <gasps> I must I just skipped over it. So Whoa. I was thinking while you were saying that, do I want to add it in? And mm-hmm. I I don't really think I do. I was yeah. looking at the other movies on there and I was like, I think I like these more than uh Course yeah. of the Fire Moon. Yeah, I think you're right. That it was great, well made, but that three and a half hours is a, a killer, if it, you know, it's we're being a honest. Killer. Very good. <laughs> So that's just so long, and I saw it in a in a theater, and that was rough, um, yeah. you know. But it, you know, the book, like you said, was really really interesting. I just thought the movie kind of kind of dragged out a little bit. So yeah. Okay, on to our top ten. Uh, my number ten f- for twenty twenty three is Poor Things, coming in at Ooh. number ten on the list. Okay. Emma Stone. Uh, obviously, uh, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo, Yorgos Lanthimos directing. This was such a interesting movie. It was one that I thought about a ton after I saw it. And that's, I think, why it makes it into my top 10. Uh, Emma Stone's performance is, is outstanding, a little uneasy at times. But I have to applaud the, the production design is great. The costume design. It's funny. Um, she you know is is great in her performance and so i was like i was thinking about it i was like i think i have to put it in my top 10 because i've still thought about it a ton ever since i've gone and and seen it so i don't know how many times i will rewatch it but i thought it was it was pretty solid to at least make it on the top 10 list so that's my number 10 awesome um well i haven't seen that one so it's not my list spoiler my number 10 is mission impossible dead reckoning part one I put this on here. It was one of my favorite movies of the whole year, obviously, but it was, it felt fresh and exciting to me, but I did want people to keep in mind. I was brand new to the franchise. Like when we went to go see that I had only seen, I went right before, like I watched right before we went to the movie mission impossible one, like the very first one. Um, Couldn't believe all the people that died too. (laughs) People kept dying left and right. And I was like, wait, (laughs) what? They're dead. What? It was very funny. I wish I would have recorded myself watching Mission Impossible 1 in 2023 because that was really fun. Um, But I liked it as much as I despise Tom Cruise. I thought that movie was so, it was fun. I liked all the characters in it. I found it exciting. It was sexy. The locations were good. It was just, it was a blockbuster popcorn movie. It was everything I wanted. I wish it would have done better at the box office. It came out right before Barbie and Oppenheimer. And I think that- that killed it um, because yeah. if it had moved a, a little bit away from that, I think people were saying, I'm going to wait and I'm going to spend my movie money on seeing one of those two movies. And so Mission Impossible hurt a little bit. But I agree with you. It was a solid, solid movie from 2023. So my number nine on this list is Past Lives, um, directed by Celine Song, a movie about two people who were childhood friends and and were in a relationship and then go their separate ways and reconnect over social media and video chat. And it is just, it's a great movie. Um, again, one that is in a different language. So you have to read subtitles the whole, t- the whole time, but that did not deter me at all. I thought Greta Lee's performance was outstanding in the film. Um, and I just really liked this, this aspect of this story. I think it's a unique one that hasn't been done too many times in terms of that people separate and then come back together and they and they act it so well in the sense that you can tell that they've known each other before and they kind of still remember some of those mannerisms and things that they did when they were kids and they talk about that in the movie and really just a just a nice heartwarming movie um and i i just really enjoyed it it just really stuck out to me so yes it really stuck out to me too so i will leave <laughs> that there um my number 9 is may december Uh, This was on Netflix. I recently saw this. Um, The reason I picked this, I thought the acting was stellar. I thought it was, I put solid. I thought that um, I didn't expect to like this movie. And even in my Letterboxd review, I was like, this movie, the material bothers me so much that I hate how much I love the movie. Um, Although it's based on, I mean, we all know it's based on Mary Kay Letourneau and that whole situation, which I might remember due to my age more than some people that I know these days, Um, but which was a a gross situation. Um, But I thought it was so well acted. The only thing I hated, the music in it just, I, 
Oh it's kind of jarring. Yeah. It was so, it was like an 80s. I think, I think Todd Haynes was doing that on purpose, but I hated the music, but I can get over it. Um, but I thought the, the, the movie was excellent. I wasn't as upset. I will say about Charles Melton not getting nominated for an Oscar because he's so young. He's very talented. I thought he did a great job in the film, but I think he's going to do other things in the future. So I wasn't one of those people that was like justice for Charles Melton. Um, but I thought May December was great, and if you all have Netflix, I think it's worth a watch. Just know it; it's gonna get uncomfortable there for a little while. Yeah, I would. I would agree. I checked that one out too. Didn't make my my list, but solid, solid movie. So, my number eight is Barbie. Oh, directed Jared, by Greta Gerwig. I'm so sorry, I forgot to say something. Oh, okay, sorry. May December. No, excuse me. But I didn't want to. I don't want to get sidetracked when we're eight steps past it. May December. They filmed. I did double check. They filmed in Savannah. And on Tybee Island and all these places right around where I used to live. And I am telling you, so almost every location, I was like, I know exactly where that is. And that was also really cool. So that did uh, help move it up um, on my list as well. Nice. Very cool. So, so yeah, my number eight was is Barbie. Um, I think this is one of the funniest movies of the year for sure. It just pops on the screen. It's so colorful. It's so fun. Uh, it has so much to say about males in our world and our culture and how they are treated differently versus females and how females are treated. So there's a lot of things that are going on that aren't, you know, super duper obvious when you're, they're not just said outright by the characters, but you can pick up on. I have loved all three of Greta's movies so far. Uh, Lady Bird's probably still my favorite, but the script is good. Her and Noah Baumbach do a great job writing and kind of working on this film and Margot's great. Ryan Gosling's great. So I had to put it in the top 10 because when I, when I saw it, it just stood out to me a bunch and I thought it was, it was very, very funny. So Barbie in at number eight. Excellent. I hear you on all of those points. Um, for me, my number eight, this is where I might, people might start to go like, what were you watching this year? Um, mine is David Holmes, the boy who lived. It's the documentary about the stunt man that was on Harry Potter, he was Daniel Radcliffe's stunt double, and they were doing a stunt one day um, for the seventh movie, and he was paralyzed. Uh, he is still alive today. Daniel Radcliffe, they have a very close friendship, um, and it's not for the cameras. Like, you can tell they have had a lifelong friendship. Uh, beautiful documentary. It was the one that actually knocked uh, American Symphony off of my list. I watched quite a few documentaries this year, which I don't dislike documentaries, but I wouldn't say that's like a normal thing for me to watch a lot of. But it was such an engaging uh, documentary. But I thought what was beautiful was that it addresses a lot of mental health concerns that come with people whose body, people who are differently abled, whether they become paralyzed or whether they're born a certain way that seems different than maybe what we would consider to be the norm. But I really liked how they addressed a lot of that mental health stuff. And then it was also super nostalgic because of Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. Can't get enough. I'm obsessed with Daniel Radcliffe. That's become a joke on the pod. I have such a crush on him, but he looks like my brother. It's the whole thing. Let's not talk about it again. I'm the one. <coughs> sorry. I'm the one that always brings it up. Um, but anyway, love Daniel Radcliffe. Um, but it was such a good documentary. And if you have Max, I urge you to watch it. It was beautifully, beautifully done. Hmm, I have not checked that out yet. So I will have to have to watch that one. My number seven is Air. Uh, with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon about Michael Jordan and his shoe deal with Nike. I love sports movies. This was like a sports business movie combined into one. I think if this had come out a little later in the year, it might have gotten some Oscar love. It came out kind of early, and so I think people forgot about it. But I thought it was a really interesting story, a story that I knew a little bit about but didn't know totally about and Matt Damon plays the the salesperson at Nike that convinces Michael Jordan to sign with Nike and and get the shoe deal and he's kind of on the forefront of that because he he scouts Jordan out before he's like the biggest you know basketball player in the world so Ben Affleck plays the CEO of Nike Phil Knight um, there's some really great performances in the movie as well um, so I really I really just enjoyed enjoyed this film and I like biopics as well so Jason Bateman's in it. He's really good. Viola Davis is in it as well. And I thought at the beginning of the year, she was probably going to get an Oscar nomination for her performance um, as Michael's mom. That did not pan out as the year went on. Same. But early in the year, that was one of the standout performances. And her and Matt Damon have, have a couple great scenes together. So 
I love sports movies. And this one, again, I thought about it throughout the course of the year. I saw my list that I had made throughout the year and I said, I got to put air in my, in my top. Yeah. I am not at all surprised that's on your list. Um, my number seven is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I do think exceptional animation. I think what actually kept this on my list really high up the whole year is not so much that I care about the Marvel universe. I obviously don't and kind of actively try to not like the Marvel universe, but I love what they're doing with the animation, how original everything is, what original ideas they're coming up with and how innovative the, the, the engineering is and everything um, for the animation. And it was just a good story. And for a second part of the story with Miles Morales, I thought they did a really good job. It just continues to be fresh and innovative. So it deserves to be on my list. That was my number seven. Uh, My number six is Oppenheimer. I don't think a lot needs to be said. Um, Very popular movie. Katie is, is shocked that I think it's this low on the list. But I really had some issues with that third hour of Oppenheimer. I've seen it a couple times. She's falling out of her chair right now. I really, really liked it. Look, it's number six on my list of the best movies of 2023. But that's not I think even top it, five. I know it's it's a little long. I think for it's me, okay, and we it can still be friends. I just didn't love it as I've liked some other Christopher Nolan movies. I don't know what it was. I think it's a it's a change in form for him, which I can definitely respect and appreciate that it is not as action heavy as some of his other movies. I think Killian gives a great performance in it. Emily Blunt, um, you know, Matt Damon's in this one as well. So here he is back to back spots on the list. But I, I thought about it and I was like, I, you know, I want to put it in the top 10, but I don't think it can be right at the top. So so it's number six. Well, at first I was like, wow, I have no idea what's going to happen in his top five. But I do now think I know you're number one. But I could be wrong. So I'm going to keep okay. it to myself. But I'll tell you if I was right. But I'll be honest if I was wrong. Okay. okay. So this is another one that my, people might be like, what are you doing, girl? Um, my number six is still a Michael J. Fox story. This is another documentary. Three of them made my top 13 or 12 of the year. Um, this movie hit really close to home for me because of my family having so much very, very close experience with uh, neurological diseases, dementia, Alzheimer's, Lou Gehrig's disease, Parkinson's, you name it. Um, so this just impacted me on a deeper level, I think, than just as a movie. I also think Michael J. Fox is one of the most perseverant, positive and optimistic people uh, ever, celebrities ever. Um, and I love that about him. And I just think it's an encouraging uh, reminder of the power of positivity and perseverance. So if you haven't seen that, another great one, still a Michael J. Fox story. My number five is John Wick Chapter 4. So oh. I... <laughs> Where is John... John Wick on my list? Where did it go? Oh, I think it was right. On... I think it's like 14, probably. Okay, okay. Yeah. The, a great, great, great action movie. Keanu's fantastic. Donnie Yen plays the character of Kane. He's great. Bill Skarsgård is in it as like the villain character. Again, the John Wick movies are always really good for their for their action, but I thought this one was even better than some of the previous ones in the franchise. Um, they've stepped up the budget a little bit, and it's it's definitely like a bigger movie now than the first one was. But this is another long movie, but unlike maybe Killers of the Flower Moon or some other really long movies that I saw this year, this one held my interest the entire time. Great action set pieces. A cool world design too for the John Wick universe. So number number five, John Wick chapter four. I actually did really like John Wick, and I'm glad that this year you all forced me to enter that universe. So I also really <laughs> like John Wick. It's not on my top in my top ten though. So my number five is Air. Uh, nice. I also thought Air was spectacular. I even had I had at least one friend kind of give me some grief about how much I liked that movie, but. I just thought it was another one like Mission Impossible that was exactly what you go to the movies for. I loved seeing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck back together. I also think Affleck, we mentioned on the episode when we covered it, that he's doing what he does best, which is directing. I don't think he is the best actor in the world. He is a great director, though. Um, I also like the nostalgic element. Um, I think it is particularly perfect for someone my age who really grew up in the 90s. It's, It's kind of like I wasn't there right when... I wasn't like Michael Jordan's age, but like, I remember when the shoes reading to be a big deal. I remember like Space Jam and when he started doing endorsements and all that stuff. 
So I think that was also particularly perfect for my age group. Um, and then I also put uh, that it's also great because I love shoes and it's a movie you about do. shoes. Yeah. <laughs> How could I not love it? <laughs> it's, and I it's, even this, thought, it's this year's Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> it really is. And you know what? I I had already wanted these for a long time. I didn't get Air Jordans, but I did get a pair of pandas for myself because I was like, I just, I have to know. And I love them. So there we are. It's an influencer movie. Uh, my number four is one you already mentioned, and that's still the Michael J. Fox documentary. Probably the most heartwarming documentary I watched this year. Really cool in how they... Uh, did the documentary too because Michael J. Fox is like there's an actor who's playing a younger Michael J. Fox and they use him in some parts of the movie like the part that is the most interesting to me I think is when he's talking about how he was shooting Back to the Future and Family Ties at the same time and how that whole process was working where he literally would just go from like one to the other very little sleep but they use an actor to kind of show some moments in that and I think that decision a couple of times in the movie just elevates it a little bit from just a documentary where it would just be Michael J. Fox talking on screen the whole time, which still would have been great to watch. But I think right. with the unique the unique style that they use to kind of make it and make it more a little more cinematic, I really appreciate it. It's on Apple. And, you know, Michael J. Fox has done a lot in terms of research for Parkinson's and still seems to live a pretty fulfilling life and does not let his disability define him at all. So, I mean, really like an influential person to, to look up to in terms of a role model. Yeah. That was another movie, too, where I distinctly remember thinking about marriage, like the commitment of marriage, because that was another one that highlighted mm -hmm. people really sticking together and taking those vows seriously. I'm not trying to like not everybody needs to get married. I just thought it was it's beautiful when you see people who you're not hearing a divorce story you're hearing like a success story of a marriage and people working through really hard things and taking the, the vows seriously. My number four is Barbie. It had to be on the list. Uh, I knew it wasn't <laughs> going to be in my top three. Um, the more that time went on, the less Barbie affected me. I thought it was great. It was one of those movies, too, where I felt pressure to really like it because there was so much hype about it. I really did like it. But I could also tell you things like without even thinking about it that I didn't like about it. I mean, to me, it was not a perfect film, but it was extremely joyful. Love the feminist vibes. None of the feminist stuff upset me. The acting performances were great and there were a few standout. I particularly thought America Ferrera was great. And I also thought Ryan Gosling, I think he, no matter, I don't like the hubbub of him getting nominated and the other women didn't, but I do think he deserves a spot in the Oscar race this year for that performance. No matter if it's comedy or whatever, he is so good. What can't that man do? Um, and the production design was insane. I thought the costumes, the soundtrack, everything that Greta did to bring that film to life was spectacular. So Barbie's my number four. Also really appreciated like the script too, how everybody was just a Barbie or a Ken. I thought that was a <laughs> yes. really cool decision. Um, yes. And you're right. And it was such a movie too, where it was like, get your group of friends together and go see Barbie. Like that was the vibe for that, for that movie, which we haven't seen for a movie like in a while. Sure. Where with, well, I mean that and Oppenheimer came out the same weekend. And so it was very much like, Hey, go see this with your movie friends but even people that hadn't gone to the movies in a while i know went and saw barbie just because they were they wanted to check it out so uh my number three on this list is guardians of the galaxy volume three which came out early in 2023 again katie is shocked once again she this is a movie we differ on greatly uh i thought this wow. was one of the, the best marvel movies in quite a while oh my <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just yeah. I know you don't like Chris Pratt, uh, yeah, but he did make How it into the top that? ten. I'm kidding. I don't. I don't know. Just a just a hunch. But uh, I love this story with with Rocket. Um, the animal stuff got to me. I think maybe because I have a dog. I don't know. It hit me emotionally. I thought it, the production was really cool. Again, Marvel had been on this this down stretch for quite a while, where all these movies were just very samey and didn't feel that unique or different or fun. And I thought this kind of broke that mold and I haven't watched it again since it came out earlier in 2023, but it is one I want to check out again. It's probably on Disney plus at this point, honestly. Um, it looks like it is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my number three on the list. What probably will likely be the last film in the guardians of the galaxy franchise. I don't know. Maybe they're making we a fourth, hope, but you know, this would be a good way to wrap up the trilogy. So, um, 
Uh, well, okay. So the one I'm thinking is your number one is still, you still haven't said it. So I could be right. Okay. okay. Um, my number three is the holdovers. This is without question the surprise of the year for me. I thought I was going to hate this movie. I was like, this doesn't look very interesting. I just don't know. I barely, I know everybody really likes Paul Giamatti. I just wasn't sure. It was so good. I, my top two films I felt so strongly about the holdovers wasn't going to overtake them, but dang, it is for sure a solid number three pick for me. I, I thought this movie was poignant. It was well acted. I thought that they executed the time so beautifully. It's in the 1970s. Everything, the costume design, the locations, like Boston was a perfect spot for them to film this. And with, I mentioned this earlier, but in a year with a lot of duds, I thought this movie was a standout movie. So I'm really glad it's nominated and getting recognition for things. My number three is The Holdovers. Nice. My number two is The Iron Claw, the story of the Von Erich brothers, wrestling family, Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Lily James all in this one. This one hits you so hard emotionally, and it was probably the most one of the most emo- emotional movies that I watched in 2023. This is just like a, a sucker punch to the heart, um, but I thought Zac Efron was outstanding in this movie. It was so much better than anything else I had seen him in. So I had to had to give credit for that. Again, I love sports movies. This is not really a heartwarming story because a lot of tragedy happens to this family. And it is it is sad throughout most of the movie. But I thought the telling how they handled that and how they, you know, took you on kind of this roller coaster of emotions throughout the course of the film was really well done. The wrestling sequences are really good. The production design is good. Jeremy Allen White in this movie is also good. Harris Dickinson was also getting some some praise. And Holt McCallany, I think, is how you say that name, plays the dad. He's great in the movie, too. So this was one, again, this was a surprise for me. I I saw the trailer. I was like, I want to go see that. Check it out. But I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. And so that's, that's my number two, The Iron Claw. Wow, that is so cool. I did not expect that. Uh, I've I read up on it. So I know about all of the tragedy with that family. Like, whoa, that actually made me not want to see it because it just seems. So yeah, sad. if you're if you're not in a great emotional state, I would no. not go see the iron. Claw. I'm not leaving it the will house wreck you. Yeah, no, it's not, not for me these days. Um, my number two, this is why I was shocked at yours. Mine is past lives. I past lives, although I do think I think a lot of things in my life have happened that reminded me so much of past lives. Like just, just so many things about her, not not her family immigrating, her moving around, her doing things on her own, um, wondering about like what if scenarios or like people that impacted your life that you either dated or just were friends with that stuck with you for a long time and you didn't really know what happened to them or, you know, where to categorize them in your life. Um, So I thought it was very relatable, beautifully acted And I just thought it was a simple, thoughtful movie. It was nearly perfectly done. I mean, there really isn't anything I can think of that I would change about it. And I am stunned that this is Celine Song's first feature film and it's Greta Lee's first starring role. Like, unbelievable. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, that that one was, was great too. So can you guess what my number one is? What do you think it is? I think it's The Holdovers. It is, yes. I that's knew number it. One. I knew it. It's the holder. <laughs> I was like, that screamed Jared. And you hadn't surprise. said it. And I was like, there's no way he didn't love that movie. Yeah, surprise of the year. For real. I, I saw the trailer. I was like, I am not going to like that. I went and saw the movie. Outstanding. Uh, I love, like you said, the time period. I, I had just gone to Boston a couple years ago on vacation. So I don't know if I related to that as well. I thought Dominic Sessa is fantastic in this movie and his first role really in anything uh giamatti's great divine joy randolph is probably gonna win an oscar for her performance she's so So, good but what like a a a turnaround story of this old curmudgeonly professor at this (laughs) boys school um that has to stay there over christmas break and take care of the kids that have to to stay behind and then yes um it's just it's just so good the script is fantastic alexander payne directed it it did a great job with it it's yeah. heartwarming it's funny it makes you cry at times it's a great holiday movie too it came out right near the holidays and i feel like it's one that i'll probably watch around the holidays because it's set during that that christmas break time but 
I just thought it was outstanding. I, it's on Peacock yeah. right now, and I, I want to watch it again. I haven't watched it a second time yet, but I saw it was on there the other day, and I need to I need to watch it again. So my Jared, number one. Well, take take note, people, because Jared and I had no overlap this year, which has never happened. Um, but the fact that the holdovers is the one that got in both our top three spots. Uh, mm-hmm. I would, I would I think, pay attention to that. I think I know your number one. Of course you know my number one. Everyone knows my number one. You want to guess? Oppenheimer. It's yeah. Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm a sucker. I I loved it so much. I love Killian. I'm obsessed with him. Uh, Christopher Nolan, this is easily... Well, I can't say it's my favorite Christopher Nolan because all his films are so good. Um, loved it, loved it, loved it. You know me. I I love a drama. I didn't even have to think about this, though. Like, this really was my favorite. But I love this movie was so thought provoking and intense. And if I go to the theater, I I want that. I want I want to be like so enveloped in what's happening that I'm not thinking about what kind of day I had, all the things I have on my to do list. I want to be in the moment. And that movie in three hours, I never my mind never went anywhere else. It was so intense, too, both because of how it was filmed and the noise and all that stuff. But also because this was a real conflict. Like, this was a very real ethical conflict because I can't even tell you right now if it was the right or wrong thing to do. It ended the, it helped end the war. Think of how many lives that have been lost if we hadn't done this. But then you have to think about how many innocent people were killed because we figured out this technology that we now still know could destroy people at any moment if we need to use this kind of warfare again, which hopefully we never do. But, and the acting everybody was so good and i also really like that nolan took people like robert downey jr people that are kind of like known for one thing or that it's it's been forgotten that they could be good at other things and he was like no i'm gonna put you in this role killian murphy we know he's good but he's been in like peaky blinders and things exceptional but it's tv it's a different thing and he was like no killian can carry this film Killian, I said it from the minute I saw that film, give the man an Oscar. I still think it's going to happen. I think it's his. I, I think Giamatti's a close, I think it could be a close race, but I think it's Killian's for the taking. So anyway, loved Oppenheimer. <laughs> I can't help myself. I love a dramatic blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, that was in both our top tens as well. And Robert Downey Jr., fantastic. I mean, he's probably going to win the Oscar. It's he's the odds on yeah. favorite at this point to get it. So I, I also am so impressed that Nolan that, that he doesn't use CGI or he really limits mm-hmm. it. And also like that film for someone like me who talks nonstop, I left the theater and did not speak till I got home. I was so stunned. So I just think like when something when any kind of art can move you to that capacity, they're doing something right. So Oppenheimer was an easy number one for me this year. Also love the decision in that movie to show the test of the atomic bomb, but yes. not show the bomb dropping on the yes. cities. Genius. Great decision. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did we didn't need to see that. We know what happens. So um that was really well thought out choice by by Chris Nolan. So Okay, before we wrap up here, um, we have two other things that we're going to go through real qu- quickly. Yes. Um, I guess our crossovers, you were typing there. We I know we had a few crossovers in our top tens. We both had yeah. the holdovers, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Past Lives. Those uh, still, I think those were all, were those our five yeah. crossovers? I can't yep. think of Air? any others that we air? had. Oh, yeah. We had Air as a crossover. Yeah. So. But normally, yep. you know, we have like, I'll have one as a six that you have as a five. Yeah. You know, it'll, like, they'll be close and, and they were not like that this year. No, they were not. So the only other things we are going to do really quickly is a favorite movie we watched for the first time in 2023 that was not from 2023. So maybe came out a while ago, but this was our first time seeing it. I think for me, this movie is going to be The Fugitive. I had never (gasps) seen this movie. I love that movie. I just watched it again the other night for like the 16th time. The beginning with the Love. train the train crash derailment is so good. It just gets you right into the movie. Yes. Tommy Lee Jones is outstanding. He uh, is. Harrison Ford is great. It's just like a cat and mouse movie about, you know, we got to try to catch this guy. And it works so well. And I, I'm shocked I hadn't seen it before 2023, but I watched it and it was it was outstanding. So I love it. You and I both picked 90s action films. okay <laughs> mine i was really proud everyone i thought of these two ideas for us to do this year just to kind of switch it up so i wanted this one but i also 
Sorry, I had an alarm, and it's <laughs> Maestro is trying to get in no, into our conversation. Theme song. <laughs> embarrassing, but also hilarious. Am I right? Um, sorry, everyone. We can edit that out. Uh, and if we don't, you already know about my obsession with Mardashiro. Okay, mine was Heat from 1995, directed by Michael Mann, starring everyone: uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, John Voight, Tom Sizemore, Ashley Judd, Amy Brenneman, and more. So good. It's a cat and mouse game. It's But from the beginning, you kind of know, you know who the bad guys are. You know who the good guy is. And they're just chasing each other. But like the fact that they even meet up in the movie and don't like kill each other. They're just kind of like talking calmly at a diner. It's so good. I cannot believe I hadn't seen that movie before. It is a long one, but it's on Netflix. If you have not seen Heat, please watch it today. Great, great choice. So... Um, also went and speaking of Michael Mann, saw Ferrari with Adam Driver. Did not obviously make my top ten. Still solid though. If it comes to streaming, I would suggest. If you're a Michael Mann fan, I would suggest check it out. So, uh, the other thing we were going to do real quick is a movie from 2023 that we disliked. That maybe a lot of people liked, but we just did not enjoy. I had two here. These are probably kind of controversial. Um, Go for it. I had. I had two as well. That's so funny. I had Spider Verse. Which, if you go back and listen to our episode, you oh. and Brandon were much, much higher on Brandon than is I was. Scream when he hears this! <laughs> scream! He's gonna he boycott is. the podcast. He's gonna send me a message on Instagram, very wow. strongly worded message, probably. Wow. Um, but I just did not connect to Spider Verse as much for some reason. Um, don't know why. I I would like to give it a second chance and maybe watch it again to see if I was missing something because maybe I was. And then my other movie was Maestro. Um, I wondered I if this would be on your, yeah, on your I not th- impressed. I thought it was fine. I didn't yep. think Bradley Cooper was doing anything that I, I thought a star is born in terms of a music movie that is directed by Bradley Cooper is leaps and bounds better than maestro. Um, I thought it was fine, but I just thought it was kind of your standard run of the mill movie. I don't understand all the love for best picture nominations and, you know, saying that Bradley sh- should win you know should get in for best actor and um you know carrie mulligan got nominated for it so i I don't know i just didn't understand the hype with maestro i love carrie mulligan i'm sad because i did think this was going to be the year she was finally going to win but then when i saw it i was like no i don't think they're going to do it (laughs) i thought no i thought she was great i liked the movie i didn't love the movie i was kind of disappointed i also think it was kind of like a rough time for it to come out And I also think it's a very niche subject. Like a lot of us know Bernstein, but you don't, some people aren't going to care about his life. I care about his life. I loved the composing. I was amazed by Bradley Cooper in that movie, but I think it's one that could be easily overlooked. And I'm not surprised the Oscars just like didn't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They nominated it for seven awards, best picture, best actor, best actress, best screenplay, makeup, sound and cinematography. So maestro, I mean, yeah, yep. They give it a lot, but again, yeah. it's just for me, it just wasn't wasn't a standout for me. So yeah. Um. Okay. So mine, I lost my list here. Sorry. I I kind of remember. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny. Uh. So um. What I put as the description when I had this idea was a popular movie that most people raved about that with that we hated. Mine is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, that's why no, I know it's play. fine. I, I don't, and this is why this, this show works is because we differ sometimes, which is always true. more interesting. I, mean, so. I also like Chris Pratt's never going to listen to this podcast, but I feel bad saying I hate him all the time, but I hate him. And it's hard to look past that. And just like, I really liked the rocket story. The rocket portion of the story was like gut wrenching and beautiful. Again, Bradley Cooper, but I it just did nothing for me and I'm so tired of Marvel so I'm just like screw you guys get out of here my other one this I didn't hate but I feel like there was a lot of talk about it for a second here because it's on Netflix and I just was kind of like mainly because it's a big director um the killer by David okay I watched I did did not watch that yeah it was fine with Michael Fassbender I watched it one of the nights I've had this plague that I was just up and coughing and was like I have to do something um it it was fine and Fassbender's good in it, but I just kind of thought like I didn't need this movie. This movie added literally nothing to my life. So yeah, it was just a, a dud for me. 
Okay. Well, that's all of our thoughts on movies from 2023. So we'll move on to 2024 now with the big big releases coming out this year, which uh, unfortunately is not a ton of stuff because the actor's strike and the writer's strike is going to make 2024 a little bit of a dud year for movies uh, because stuff just got delayed so much that it's going to be tough. But we do have a couple big things coming out in 2024. So um, we're excited for Dune, which is the next thing obviously coming out. As long as it doesn't get delayed again, fingers crossed. But feel like they would already done that by now because it's coming out in a month so yeah that'll be the next big thing though but if you want to follow the show you can do that on social media at podcast silver we also have a youtube channel now it's also the same handle at podcast silver if you want to listen to the episodes on youtube if that just works easier for you maybe you're listening to this episode on youtube right now we appreciate that but if you want to access us on youtube you can at podcast silver we've got all of our episodes up there that have been uploaded so you can check those out search the silver screen podcast on Facebook and find us there. And we're still on a little bit of a hiatus for right now. I'm sure we'll have an episode for you about Dune when it comes out. Um, Also, of course, about the Oscars because it's the Oscars. So um, those will be coming in March. February is kind of a uh, month. I don't think there's anything coming out in February that's you know huge so we'll probably take a little bit more of a break and then we'll come back in in March for for our Dune and Oscars talk. I can't wait. Thank you for setting up that YouTube channel again at podcast silver. Um, Don't forget to search that way. And that's how you'll find it. But thank you all for listening and bearing with me while I have the sickness. I apologize, but we did want to get an episode out. We're so excited for the Oscars this year. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.